The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save and save and win. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? This is the Punt and Pass Podcast. Touchdown, baby! Now, here are your hosts, two-time All-American punter Drew Butler. Mark Rick would like Drew Butler to hit it a mile in the air. And he did and the SEC's career leader in touchdown passes and completions, Aaron Murray. Touchdown! In stride as he crosses the goal line. Put it right on his hip. What a throw. Now with the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football, it's the Punt and Pass Podcast. Get to the house! Sideline! Pylon! Touchdown! And the dogs are on the board first. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I've been lame. Welcome into the Punt and Pass podcast. I'm your host, Drew Butler. Join alongside my co-host, Aaron Murray. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at Punt and Pass. I am at Drew Butler. Aaron is at AaronMurray11. And check out PuntandPass.com, the number one destination for all things college football. We are up and rolling. Week zero, Aaron, in the books. What an amazing slate of action we have for the official kickoff of the 2021 college football season this week, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, college football. Every single day, it is going to be awesome. A little holiday Labor Day weekend coming up. Puntpass.com will have you dialed in. Our merch store is up there. Our blog, we'll add our picks up there as well. Good start. Good start. You and I both said Illinois would take care of business against Nebraska. You were back in the fold. You called San Jose State against Southern Utah this weekend on the CBS Sports Network. I was texting with you. And uh, you gave me a little shout-out right then after, so thanks for that. Yeah, the the, uh, the punter for Southern Utah was hitting some beautiful Drew Butler-like some punts. Bombs, and yeah. I, just, I, had to, I had to throw it out there. If I see it, I'm going to call it like I see it. Yeah. And uh, he had a great one to start, like a 60-yarder. Then he had a nice little knuckler, Saw caused that. a fumble. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, Drew would be proud. So let's give <laughs> Drew a shout-out. It was a great week zero. I, I, I'd love to get your th- it's week one. Yeah. It, games are starting. It's one. Zero means there's nothing going on. It's week one. It needs to be called week okay. one. And enough with this QT week zero nonsense. But, you know, the, speaking of special teams, the Illinois, Nebraska. Oh, my goodness. Punt return. What, what are you doing? That's you're, insane. You're, you're going backwards. The half yard line. You're going backwards. Freaking stop as my as my ESPN is going off right now. Um just let it go in the end zone. I cannot and, believe that. And that's just, to me, that's all you need to know about what's going to happen to Scott Frost this year. So in is one that play. his fault? That's not Scott Frost's fault, but it just shows you the type of team that... The problem is you have a a, a first-year head coach at Illinois. Yeah. And Scott Frost is heading into year four. And I'm someone who, you know, one, year one, year two, year three is going to be tough building a program. Yep. Year four is usually when you got guys that you recruited that are now juniors. Yeah. And they've been in the system. They've matured physically and mentally. This is the year to really see a huge step forward. If you can't beat Illinois and a first-year head coach, I know he's been in, in, in that conference before and had success at Wisconsin, but if you can't beat Illinois, 
how, what makes me think you're going to beat any of the big boys in that conference? It's already his, his butt's hot already as it is. You, <laughs> you lose think? week one. You had mental mistakes like that. Adrian Martinez looked valiant effort in the second half. For but sure. still, once again, he is not going to win you games, big games this season. I, I love Scott Frost, but it was a frosty start. I'll say that. Yeah, no question. Illinois takes care of business in a big way. The final score was 30-22, to 22, but at one point they were leading by 21 points against Nebraska. That was the 1 o'clock kick on Saturday to really start this college football season off. The rest of the action, there were five games in quote-unquote week zero. None very competitive. I think the Nebraska-Illinois game was closest, and again, it wasn't very close despite the final score. So you and I said it last week on our debut episode of season five of Punt and Pass, which is now on the podcast park. Uh, I texted you yesterday. I got my car to run to Lowe's on Sunday morning and Punt and Pass was playing on 680 The Fan right here in Atlanta. So that was pretty cool, but not really much to discuss in terms of football that we saw on the field in week zero. And you bring up a good point. Uh, I have in the show notes right here, week zero thoughts in general. You say no. You say just go to week one. Should we call it week half? Week zero would intend that there is no action. They're saying that there is action. Um, You know, last year or really two years ago on the 150th college football anniversary, they had a big week zero. Remember that Miami Mm -hmm. Florida game in Orlando? There were a couple of other pretty – uh, predominant interconference games. That has not happened this year. Um, so what should we do with Week 0 going forward? Because it seems like a lot of college football fans are split. Do we like Week 0? Do we not like Week 0? I will give a hat tip to the Big Ten because they have a lot of conference games. Last week, of course, Nebraska-Illinois, and this weekend as well, uh, coming up in Week 1. So they're getting after it early. I mean, I guess I'll chef them out. Just just combine it all into one week, I guess. I don't so know. So get rid of week zero. Just get rid of week okay. zero. Okay, it says get rid of week zero. I see zero. week zero, and I'm like, oh, the, the season's not started. It doesn't start till one is on my, well, zero my, is my, not my a computer number. screen. Zero is not a number. So there is no uh, I don't value. know if you want something that's you know not a number, like kickoff weekend. Okay. I, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> the fans, why don't you tweet us at yeah. Drew Butler13 yes. at Aaron Murray 11. Yes. Let us know what you think week zero should be, or if you like week zero. I, I've just yet to meet anyone who says, rah, rah, I like yeah. week zero. I mean, I like college football. I think we all love college football. We just need a new name for yes. week zero, and I'll agree with you on that. Okay, but let's let's wrap this up with the week zero talk because there's really not much to report, but Illinois whipped up on Nebraska 30-22. to We spoke about it last week. A lot of smoke around this Nebraska program. They're being investigated by the NCAA. Scott Frost, this is his fourth season as Nebraska's head coach. Keep in mind, this is his alma mater. He was a quarterback there in the late 90s when Nebraska was in its heyday. And Illinois just dominated this game. And it goes to your discussion around— With their backup quarterback, too. Started, yes, started went Peters down early. Got, gets out early. Looked mm-hmm. like he cracked his collarbone. It was a disgusting tackle, uh, meaning how he landed. It was not a dirty tackle whatsoever. But Illinois was just able to take care of business in a big way. Uh, Nebraska missed two extra points. That punt re- uh, punt return in the end zone, then throwing the ball out of the end zone, like that was somehow going to salvage a safety. Uh, the fumble return for a touchdown right before the half. I mean, I don't know if you can blame Scott Frost for this, but we all know the two people who are going to take the brunt for any loss are one, the head coach, and two, the quarterback. Adrian Martinez, valiant effort in the second half. Scott Frost, uh, obviously Nebraska's fan base, 
is one that everybody likes to say is a national fan base. They have continued to sell out games despite their team's poor performance. This is not 1995. Mm -mm. This is 2021. Nebraska, since going to the Big Ten, has pretty much been irrelevant. But Scott Frost, if he gets fired, I have it pulled up right here. Quote, if Scott Frost is fired for simplicity's sake on December 31st, 2021, that would be the final day, the second year of his contract. Nebraska would owe him $5 million for 2022 and $2.5 million for each of the final four years. That buyout total, Aaron, $15 million. Uh, That's a tough pill to swallow. And I don't think that's going to happen this year. Who are they going to get? This is Nebraska football. I think you got to let, first off, week zero, a lot of games left, 12 games left for Nebraska football. But we'll my, point is, my point is, if you can't beat Illinois, I'm, I'm, I'm pulling up their schedule now. Next two weeks, you better win, or it may be a midseason fire. Oklahoma is going to beat the brakes. Yeah. So they, off have, they have Fordham uh, this upcoming weekend, then Buffalo. So it, two and one. Let's just say they're two and one. After that, Oklahoma loss, two and two. Big big loss. Michigan State, Northwestern, and then Michigan, the next three after that. Yeah, I mean, look. I just to we'll me revisit. We'll revisit. I don't think this team is a bowl team. And if you're five and seven or four and eight, it's gonna get loud. Someone's that gonna pay there's gonna be, gonna be enough hot. people gonna be throwing out some dollars to be like, let's that oil money in Nebraska. Let's move on. Bye bye. Well, let's move on right here as well and do a little week one look ahead. There are tons of games this weekend, as you said, the official start of the 2021 college football season. But get this, on Thursday, we have 14 games that start within 90 minutes of each other. That is going to be absolutely fantastic to kick off this long holiday Labor Day weekend, plop down on the couch, get your favorite beverage, maybe Uber Eats some wings or something like that, and get after it. The premier matchup on Thursday would be Ohio State taking on Minnesota. And also, um, I don't know if this would be considered a premier matchup, but Tennessee, the Josh Heupel era, is going to mm-hmm. get underway. Bowling Green taking on Tennessee. But listen to these matchups on Saturday. Boise State, UCF. Come on. The, Boise State, UCF. You know UCF. I'm a group of five kind of guy. You are a group of five kind of guy. Malzahn, baby. Opening day. Is that Thursday? That's Thursday. Okay. I did not get that on the show uh, notes. That's 7 o'clock on Thursday. I like that, and that will be a fantastic game. Gus Bus, the the new era at Central Florida, gets underway, correct? This is his first year at UCF. He was not there a year ago. He was at Auburn, of course, as Brian Harson has taken over at Auburn. But listen to these other matchups. Number 19, Penn State against number 12, Wisconsin. Number 1, Alabama against number 14, Miami, right here at the Chick-fil-A kickoff game inside Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. Number 17, Indiana, taking on number 18, Iowa. Those are two top 25 Big Ten matchups. I like that. I like this game, too. Watch out for this game. Number 23, Louisiana versus number 21, Texas. I think Texas needs to be on upset alert. Oh, 100%. They They just named Hudson Card the starting quarterback Mm -hmm. over Casey Thompson. I think that was a bit of a surprise. What about this game as well? Okay, you just called these guys. San Jose State against number 15, Southern Cal. Let's go Spartans. I think San Jose State and Nick Starkle could beat USC. Keaton Slovis, you know, Clay Helton. How is this team going to be this season. year? I like it. Well, okay, I got one more game for you before we, we start breaking them down a little bit. Is uh, Friday night, too, a little ACC action. North Carolina, Virginia Tech. North I mean, Carolina. Look, we got a lot of action this, this is, weekend. This is an exciting week one, but going back to your San Jose State versus USC, and this kind of ties in a little bit to UCLA versus Hawaii this past weekend, and then obviously UCLA playing LSU this week. 
as LSU had to find a new home because of the hurricane yep. uh, to practice and get ready for the game this weekend. Being able to play in our, our beloved week zero matchup allows these teams to get out there, knock the rust off, yep. get in, watch the film, make the corrections, and then get ready for the week one matchups. So I think huge advantage for UCLA and San Jose State. Yeah. San Jose State obviously yeah. needs it a little bit. I mean, this is the defending Mountain West champions. They return 20 guys combined between offense and defense. Nick Starkle looks really good. Yeah, They got receivers. They got tight ends. They got offensive line, defensive line are, are probably the best in the Mountain West. I know this is still Mountain West compared to a Power 5 and, 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 and a Pac-12 team in, in USC. But I think they can hang with them a little bit. Especially because of the fact Hang they got them. to knock off the rust, yeah, and and get that first game jitters out of the way, both for UCLA against Hawaii, yep. and for San Jose State versus Southern Utah. Look, San Jose State is a two touchdown underdog. They're getting fourteen points. Guarantee Ooh, you that's I'll over take fourteen that. by kickoff. I would take that as well. Louisiana, ULL, Louisiana Lafayette, getting eight against Texas, more than a touchdown. I like that as well. These dogs will be barking. On kickoff Will weekend. USC have as many fans as UCLA? That's what I want. Ooh, that could be interesting. But listen to this. I just pulled this up. UCLA getting a lot of love from Las Vegas. They are only a three and a half point underdog at home. I thought that number would be a little bit bigger. It was. So after it an was, impressive yeah. week one, Vegas is saying, watch out LSU. Like you just said, they are evacuating Baton Rouge right now because of the hurricane. Prayers to everybody down in the New Orleans area. Hope everybody's safe and sound. LSU will be in Houston this week and then head out west to take on UCLA as only a three-and-a-half-point favorite. So great games coming up. And now we can really kind of dive into some of the more premier games. Of course, the one everybody's going to be talking about in our area on Saturday night, which is number 5 Georgia against number 3 Clemson in Charlotte. Uh, other games, Sunday night, Notre Dame against Florida State. Monday night to kind of cap off Labor Day kickoff weekend, Louisville versus Ole Miss right here in Atlanta. But um, – you mentioned the North Carolina game. We're about to dive into this Georgia-Clemson game. When I was watching game day on Saturday, a couple of people were sitting there going, well, watch out, North Carolina could win the ACC this year. Now, hold your horses. I don't know if I can take Sam Howell. More importantly, North Carolina's defense, not the offensive side of the ball because they will be good on offense, to win the ACC this year. They're not going to upend Clemson. You know, I know they almost knocked him off two years ago. I don't think that's the case this year. Clemson is truly a reload-type team. They play well in big games. They're very well-versed when it comes to having to perform when it matters most. But I can't get there yet with North Carolina. I will be interested to see how they kick things off against Virginia Tech. Only a five-and-a-half-point favorite. That, that kind of surprises me. You would think with their offensive prowess, Vegas would say North Carolina is going to take care of business in a big way, but man, what an awesome, awesome slate of games to who, start. Who are you week most one. comfortable in the ACC taking down Clemson? Well, though. it would only be North Carolina. That's what I'm that's what to I'm... me, I think it's only North Carolina yeah. because of Sam Howell. And I know you're a little worried about the defense, and and I, to me, I think that's the the part of this team that needs to obviously take a jump forward. But they, they got ten starters back. They got guys with yep. experience in the system. Um, and anytime, as we know. Watching college football, especially the past few years, if you have a quarterback, you have a chance. Of course. If you have a quarterback of Sam Howell's caliber, you have a chance to win football games, and you have a chance to win games against the big teams. And do they even play each other during the 
regular season or would it have no. to be in the no, AFC Championship? UNC be, uh, escapes yes. Clemson in the regular season, which is great for them. Um, but no, they are not going to play Clemson in the regular season. Let me tell you one ACC team that I am not sold on. Miami. I'm not. First off, Alabama's going to beat the brakes off them this season. I mean, the season opener on, on Saturday. How are you second not sold off, on them? Second you off, were... Derek King tore his ACL in the bowl game last year. I mean, I know he has had an amazing recovery, uh, but I can't say that he will be the Derek King that we're used to from yep. the Houston days, from the uh, cover Sports Illustrated days. And you know this through our years on punt and pass. I think one of the most overrated coaches in all of college football is Rhett Lashley. That's just what I think. And I think that will scored be, 34 points a game last year. I think that will be proven 34? against Alabama on Saturday. But it they're is not in the same time. classification as Alabama. I don't want to prove Miami's worth this year because of what's going to happen in week one versus Alabama because Alabama has one of the best defenses in the country. We know they're going to be fine offensively. They're they're a better football team. That doesn't mean Miami's not a top 20 team in the okay. country. Okay. They're just not Alabama standard. But who is Alabama Alabama standard? Not many. So, not many. But I see a loss against Alabama. I see a loss against U, uh, UNC. I mean, hell, Georgia Tech could beat them. I don't really love to give Georgia Tech a lot of credit most of the times. Florida State, how are they going to be with Mackenzie Milton? That'll I think an Miami is an 8-4 team. Okay. That's not Which good. Is, yeah, it is. I don't know. I mean, you're talking about Miami. You ask any Miami fan, they're saying this is the year they're going to upend Clemson. I and they get to – they don't have to play Clemson. I think it's team. Okay. I think eight and four, nine and three. You're going to a pretty good bowl game, and I, I, I'm happy with that. If I'm a Miami fan, I think we're going to find out a lot on Saturday, and I'm I'm excited yes. to watch that game. It'll be a fantastic game. All right. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only ten dollars each. These bonds earn a fixed seven percent APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required. And they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. Hey everybody, Buck Blue here, and as a recent customer of Jim Ellis Automotive and a longtime friend of the Vice President, Stacey Ellis, man, I know Jim Ellis Automotive Group takes pride in being a family-owned and operated business. I saw it firsthand. When Stacey's granddad, Jim Ellis, founded the company back in 71, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was both easy and fully transparent. And it worked. 50 years later, Stacy's dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest family-owned and operated automotive group. And today, third-generation family members like Stacy, along with more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values Jim Ellis Automotive was founded on. And that's why Jim Ellis has been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of their 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, where you can always expect the best. The best game of Saturday is, of course, the Belk Bowl kickoff, or the Dukes Mayo Bowl kickoff, right? Dukes Mayo, wow. Number five, Georgia, taking on number three, Clemson. Look, this weekend you're watching football, you're in some text groups, people are fired up, you're looking towards the real action, which of course is coming in five days, and this game is the talking point, right, Aaron? So mm-hmm. here are the notes that I have written down. You know, I want us to give a, a, a pretty high-level breakdown of this game. I know we're going to dive into it at a more granular level on Thursday's punt and pass. I want to talk about position by position, right? 
I want to talk about your confidence level for Georgia and or for Clemson heading into this game. Um, what is the best case scenario for Georgia in Charlotte? And then tell me this. We'll just start it with this because I was at a family dinner last night. My brother-in-law was there. He's a Georgia Tech nerd. But I said, is there a chance that Georgia could get blown out in this game? 14-plus points, just like show up, a couple turnovers early, uh, run game gets stopped. Now you got to back it up. JT's got to throw the ball around the yard. There's not many bodies out there, and it gets ugly. He was like, oh, yeah, there's a chance that could happen. And I said, you know what? Unfortunately, I kind of feel that way, too. There is much more of a chance that Georgia could get blown out than Georgia blows out Clemson. Yes. Yes. I was feeling, That worries me. I think I said it last week on the show, I was feeling a lot better three, four weeks ago about Georgia before yeah. the injuries on offense, before losing Gilbert, um, and who knows what's going on with that situation. Uh, the injuries at the receiving position, losing Washington, losing yeah. that safety. Georgia got hit with the injury bug at the wrong time, and I also said this last week too. The only thing that's going to get in the way of Georgia football making it to Atlanta this year is injuries. And I've yes. seen a million great teams not – reach potential because of the fact their guys weren't on the field. I know Georgia's pretty deep at most of their positions, but they're still not your starters. They're not the guy that has been the guy in spring and summer and the beginning of fall camp. So I think this is I think Georgia defensively is going to keep this, them in this early on. I think Georgia offensively with JT in the run game is is competitive. I'm still not ready to say this team's going to open up the the, the, the playbook and really they, they can't, can't. No, they, they just can't. can't do it, especially week one right now. So I don't know if you, you if you want to go position by position. Yeah, okay. Just let's say, start, okay. Let's really start like here better. though. Let's start here though. Let's start, let's start head coach. Okay, Kirby and Dabo. See, I wrote this down and I said Dabo is a national championship. I agree. And and and. and years past, more recently, in a big time spot, you know, Clemsoning is a thing of the past. Uh, I think you hit the nail on the head. Like from a hey, check out the trophy case type situation, you would have to tick Dabo on a hey, position by position, coach by coach. You know, I guess just kind of toss it up and say, hey, until Kirby does it, which which will happen. I thought he had some pretty cool comments on his Marty McGee appearance that it's coming to Athens, just a matter of time. Um, you just have to give it to Dabo at this point. But Kirby could make a real dent in that argument by having a great weekend. Um, so oh, of course. I agree with you on that one. Now go. To it's not that far. I mean, the, the, no. the, the, that's there. If Dabo's the number two coach in America, Kirby's four, five. Yeah. Oh, Kirby's certainly a top five coach yeah. in America. There's and no doubt about that. Right there. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. Just All gotta right. get some more trophies. Um, quarterback, DJU against JTD. I don't know. I, mean, I, I go DJ. Okay. I, I I and I love because James. of his one performance last year against Notre Dame. Two performances. He played two games last year. Notre Dame, and then who was the other one? Was it a big? Uh, was it a big star? I, I don't know if it was a big star, but I mean, he was seventy-eight one seven for one seventeen. Seventy-eight percent completion percentage. Seventy-eight for one seventeen to sixty-seven percent. Five touchdowns, no interceptions. It's pretty stout. I've 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 heard from from a couple scouts who have been in both spots. And have watched both practices this this fall camp, that DJ just you want to talk about just pure arm talent? It's it's not even close. Really? To JT, yeah. So DJ can sling it. Can sling it. Really? Did you not see it last oh, year? Oh, I mean, I saw it, but He's I thought a big I, SOB. I thought against you know a comparison against JT Daniels would be a little bit more. Hey, both these guys are really. I mean, I know you're saying JT can sling about it as pure well. Pure talent, but just move the ball. Pure talent yeah. and his ability to move the pocket. I mean, JT is more of a a true 
sit in there, break down the defense with the ball. But a guy that can do everything and someone that can throw the ball vertically down the field like no other, DJ is is a is a dark horse to win the Heisman. Yeah, yeah, like, I would he, like say at that. plus twelve hundred right now, plus thirteen hundred somewhere on there. Around there, I think with him and Justin Ross, I think so. And that's that's worries me a little bit. I mean, we I just said it five minutes ago. If you're going to want to win championships this year, it starts with the quarterback position. They have a quarterback, DJ Uyunglele. Did I say it right? Well done. Close. Close. All right. Is an absolute freak back there, and and I'm, for Georgia fans listening, I'm not saying anything against JT. I think JT is a great quarterback and is going to be potentially a top five, top eight quarterback in all of college Just football this year. Players. DJ may be the best quarterback in college football this year. Wow. At the end of the day, you know, and I would sit there and say, okay, well, he's going to have his hands full because Jordan Davis is an absolute monster on Georgia's defensive line. Nakobe Dean, who all reports out of camp have been that he has really kind of taken over that leadership role. On Georgia's second level. And then one guy who I think is going to flash this weekend is Adam Anderson. I saw Adam Anderson, uh, and he was just a very impressive-looking specimen. You're like, damn, this guy is long. Mm-hmm. He's physical. He can take over the edge, rush the passer, set the edge against the run. I would be really interested to see how Clemson opens up this game because, like you just said, Aaron, if DJU is going to be one of the best quarterbacks in all of college football, maybe they won't be so reliant on the run game, even though I firmly believe week one, you know, you got to set the precedent, own the line of scrimmage, move the chains, control the clock, boring football, but oftentimes if you can succeed in that manner, you will win. So you're ticking Clemson with the quarterback position by position. I, I, I would be hard-pressed to disagree with you okay let's go to the skill positions we won't go running back receiver tight end let's just talk skill position as a whole um from a health standpoint you would probably think Clemson Justin Ross is back he is going to be an all-american wide receiver Uh, for Georgia's side of the ball if you lump in the running backs I think you could make the case that Georgia from a skill position perspective might be better solely based on the running backs yeah, and, and they have Justin Ross, but they still need to figure out some other positions on that. they they got to figure out who's their guy. You know, for, for the past few years, it's been ETN, Mr. Do-It-All, catching yep. the ball in the backfield, yep. running it, Trevor Lawrence throwing it, using his legs also as, as a run threat, DJ Uliangalele. We'll see what kind of runner he is within this system. Justin Ross is a, a, an elite receiver, um, and that's that's the difference. If we want to do position by position, you give obviously receivers to Clemson because of that. Until Georgia can prove that they have an elite receiver, it's just a it's a good group of guys, and that's all. Yep. It's a fi- it's guys that can be efficient. Nothing in my mind that's still at the point where they can be explosive. And then you throw in the injuries, eh, it really hurts them at the tight end and receivers. But what you said, man, running the football, and I think that's where the difference is going to be in this game. And then then then. And what's going to give Georgia the opportunity to possibly win this game is the line of scrimmage. This is still football at the end of the day. And I know last year got to be a little seven on seven esque with the throwing, with the lack of tackling. I think we're going to see more physicality this year. We're going to see better defense this year. And that means we're going to need to see better play at the offensive line position. And we're going to want to see teams be able to get dirty and run the football. And Georgia has that. Georgia has a stable of backs. Uh, very, very talented backs in Samir White, Milton, um, the list, James Cook, the list yeah. goes on and on. And Clemson has to replace ETN. And and to me, I think because of the way the game is going to shift a little bit more to, I believe, more physicality this season compared to last, I would give the edge to Georgia in, in what we call the skill position. Yeah, now, I even think so with too. the injuries at receiver. No, I, I, I agree with that. And I think. 
Coach Munkin and Coach Spart more specifically will make sure that that strength, the running backs, will be highlighted in a big way uh, first and second quarters next week. There's simply no doubt about it. Uh, and I think Georgia needs to be conservative to a point, but move the chains on the line of scrimmage. Go from there. Hey, get out at halftime, regroup, mm-hmm. and say we got 30 minutes to go out there and win this football game and set ourselves up for a special 2021. All right, let's go to the defensive side of the ball because a lot is being made about Georgia's defense right now. You know, Coach Laning back, defensive coordinator once again, tons of talent, Darian Kendrick, the transfer DB from Clemson, who I think will be a humongous piece of success for Georgia if they're to come out with a victory on Saturday. Tyke Smith, the transfer from West Virginia, the safety, he had the foot injury. He posted on his Instagram, Aaron, a picture of him wearing normal shoes. Uh, so read into that as you will. But when you talk about the defensive line and the linebackers in general, I, I think you tilt Georgia yeah. at the defensive side of the ball. And if Georgia can stifle DJ Uyunglele, force Clemson to rely on running backs that have not been proven, really put pressure on that offensive line, you know, you could get Clemson and Tony Elliott, the offensive coordinator over there. He's still the offensive coordinator, right? I believe so. He didn't get a head coaching job. You can force them to get out of their game plan. And I think then, you know, the ball gets into Coach Smart in Georgia's court where they're sitting there going, love it. Kick us the ball back. We're going to continue running it. We're going to own the clock, move the line of scrimmage, see what happens late in the fourth quarter. That could be a good game plan. I think, to me, it's a coin flip when it comes to the defensive line. I think Clemson's defensive line headed by Brian Breesey at at defensive tackle. That guy is an absolute man there at 6'5". Uh, 300 pounds. He was a beast last year in his freshman year. Uh, very similar to Jordan Davis. Obviously, Jordan Davis is, I don't think it fit through the door uh, heading into the <laughs> studio we're in right now at 6'6", 340. He is massive. Massive. But yeah, if you want to clump him as a whole of front seven versus front seven, I would take Georgia's front seven against anyone else in the country. Yeah. That's a powerful statement, and it's probably true at this point. I think Georgia's front seven with Jordan, Walker, Quay, N'Kobe Dean, Nolan Smith, I think those guys can go head-to-head with any front seven in all of college football. And that, to me, we, we, we talk about, you brought up, you were talking to your buddy about the fact that Georgia could get blown out this weekend. If, if, and we're going to find out this weekend, if 2021 is different than 2020 and everything I've been saying about physicality, then Georgia should be in every single game this every year because of game. that front seven. Yeah. That's a great point. When you look at, you know, let's just look at the NFL. Any really good team, like a Super Bowl winning team, look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last year. Look who they had on their front seven. Mm-hmm. Dominic and Sue, Jared Well, because Boyd, you, know, you know why? Jason Pierre-Paul. You know why it helps? Because you can get after the quarterback without and, having to blitz. And you can play too deep. Yes. And just force them. Play cover two and sit back and say, Justin Ross, we're going to double you. Yeah. You're going to play outside. Right, we're on a corner that's going to hit you at the line of scrimmage. And we're going to have the safety over top. If you don't have to put a safety in the box and, and, and allow an offense to create those one-on-one matchups on the outside, it's so frustrating for a quarterback. Yeah. I remember we played UCF my freshman year, and they played cover two the entire game. And we couldn't run the football. And was this the Liberty Bowl? The Liberty Bowl. <laughs> and what a we, great game. And we might have had too much fun before the Liberty Bowl, first <laughs> off. But they played cover two the entire damn game. And I'm like, there's can't do anything. I'm like, Bubba, there's nothing. Can we run the football? Because there's no <laughs> there's nowhere to throw it. If you can't force a safety into the box, it's the same thing that happened to, to Kansas City in the Super Bowl. Tampa just yeah. sat there, yep. stopped the run. 
and played cover two. And those guys, those Tyreek and Travis, just could not get any kind of one-on-one matchups to exploit the defense. And that is what Georgia can do this year. And that's how Georgia can slow down this offense. Say, hey, we know you don't have Travis Etienne. We know there's a question at the running back position. We're not super concerned about inserting a safety to slow down the run game. We're just going to line up 4-3, whatever it is, too deep, and say, hey, we're going to slow down DJ and Justin Ross. Yep. And if you do that and limit Justin Ross, ball game, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, you're totally But that front seven is the reason why they have a chance. And you know what's crazy about that front seven specifically now? So much different from like in 2010 when we played UCF in the Liberty Bowl is the depth that Georgia has. Mm-hmm. Now when you can rotate those defensive linemen and even the linebackers and it's proven four and five stars that are coming in with fresh legs – that's how you dominate a football game. That is how late in the third quarter, early in the fourth quarter, you stretch that lead out, give yourself the ability to continue to run the ball and have a lot of fun as a team and win those big games. So I think we're both saying Georgia on the defense side of the ball, yeah, that, that's an advantage seven, to the dogs. Front seven. Yeah, I, I, mean, I give the back end to Clemson. Back end to Clemson, just again, based off injuries for yeah. Georgia. The injuries are not – without the injuries, maybe coin flip. Uh, with the injuries, definitely Clemson, though. Well, I can tell you one thing with my expertise is that Georgia has the advantage when it comes to special teams. Yeah. There's absolutely no doubt about it. When you're talking kicking the football, Jake Kamara, mm-hmm. a preseason All-American, absolute stud. His leg is way stronger than mine ever was. I'm pretty jealous at how, how far he can kick the ball. And Jack Podlesny, I'll be really interested to see how Jack performs. He had an amazing kick to send Georgia off. With a Peach Bowl victory, obviously a great offseason for him. Yep. Uh, his offseason would have been a hell of a lot different if that kick didn't go in. I mean, I'm not going to fault him for that. He he deserved it. He earned it. Now it's time to really step up, right, Aaron, and say, hey, I'm going to build off that big kick. But Georgia, heading in from a kicking perspective, certainly has the advantage. And I think from a return and coverage perspective as well, look, they put their guys out there. I would expect Kyrus Jackson to be back there again, returning some kickoffs, punts, you're going to have some really explosive athletic guys. That's not to say Clemson won't either. Uh, but I think Georgia, from a kicking and coverage standpoint, should have the advantage here. And that's going to be big. Make DJU in that Clemson offense go 80-plus as often as you can. Uh, don't do anything stupid like you saw Nebraska do this past weekend in the kicking game. And this is going to be a dogfight. I, I just I, I want to say this, and I will give the what's advantage the, what's to the Georgia. Weather? What's the weather? You know, I know uh, you were big on weather last week, saying you get a little sloppy. Well, I saw that, but I think the track of the hurricane went more inland than expected, and I think it will essentially be out of the way by the time this weekend comes. I know us Saturday, here in Atlanta, eighty-eight degrees, two percent chance of rain in Charlotte. Go. So let's go, let's go. It's a I'm huge right advantage here. for Georgia if it was raining. Look, we're going to dive into this thing in a big way on Thursday's episode. Um, I'm looking at ESPN.com's matchup predictor. They give Clemson a 69% chance of winning based on ESPN's football power index. I would probably disagree with that. Yeah. Uh, but this is going to be an awesome game. As you're wearing your, your, your Georgia shirt. Yeah, i got to go golf. I'm, I'm heading out to golf. Uh, 680 the fans tailgate kickoff classic. I bet you it's going to be 150 degrees out there today, but I am uh, – Better than mine. Our our game in 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 San Jose was a hundred at kickoff. Oh, I saw the field temperature. No, that was Fresno. Oh, Fresno God. was one seventeen, and that's because they played. You know, at what was it? Two o'clock that time, West Coast time. Yeah. Um, if we were playing at two o'clock, it probably would have been closer to one o five field temp. 
I mean, I was, I was in the booth sweating my butt off. <laughs> I'm like, right before, I love it. right before we went on camera, I'm like dabbing myself like, oh my God, I'm dying right now. That's amazing. Yeah, we're going to have fun. College football is back. I am excited for this Georgia-Clemson game. Um, I'm excited for prediction. this weekend. Yeah, Holy I know. Crap. Official prediction will come on Thursday show, but uh, be sure to check us out. Our YouTube channel is up right now. I'm looking at our camera Right now, you can go check us out, puntandpass.com. YouTube's up there, at puntandpass on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Drew Butler. Aaron is at Aaron Murray 11 Shout out to my guy, Dan Matthews, in the booth. You can find us on the Podcast Park, anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Aaron, you fired up for this week, man? It's it's here. It's Let's it's it. finally here. Let's and NFL preseason's over with. We can push that away. Yes. That was fun to watch. Yes. But I'm just excited about all the big-time matchups starting on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. That's it. Let's go. That's it. Right, Holler us out on social, tweet, uh, social media, at Punt and Pass, and uh, we will talk to you on Thursday. For Aaron, I'm Drew. See you. Don't forget to download the Southern Sports Today app. You can listen to this in every show on podcastpark.com or wherever you get your podcast needs. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save, and save and win. Hey everybody, Buck Blue here, and as a recent customer of Jim Ellis Automotive and a longtime friend of the Vice President, Stacey Ellis, man, I know Jim Ellis Automotive Group takes pride in being a family-owned and operated business. I saw it firsthand. When Stacey's granddad, Jim Ellis, founded the company back in 71, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was both easy and fully transparent. And it worked. 50 years later, Stacy's dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest family-owned and operated automotive group. And today, third-generation family members like Stacy, along with more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values Jim Ellis Automotive was founded on. And that's why Jim Ellis has been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of their 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, where you can always expect the best. Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the Derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan Wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia.